Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. Hospital cleaning workers were arrested in June for staging peaceful protests against their union-busting employer, a contractor for Ipoh Hospital in Malaysia. In spite of the whole world thanking frontline workers for putting their lives at risk to fight COVID-19, the Malaysian government, the operator of Ipoh Hospital, has continued with its anti-worker, anti-union policies, privatising key public services and allowing contracted companies to smash the unions. In Malaysia, like most parts of the world, hospital cleaning workers are amongst the most precarious and the most poorly paid. The newly unionised cleaning workers of Ipoh District Hospital are being paid below the nationally declared poverty line. Joining me on the program today to discuss what happened when five members of the union were arrested for peacefully protesting and what's next in their struggle is Saras, the union's secretary. Saras was among the five arrestees and starts here by introducing herself. I'm Saraswati Mutu from Malaysia and uh, I'm an executive secretary of National Union of Workers in Hospitals Support and Allied Services. Thank yeah. you. So in June this year, unionised hospital cleaners were arrested for carrying out peaceful protests against their union-busting employer at Ipoh Hospital. Can you explain to us what the workers were protesting about and what the circumstances of their arrest was? Uh, It's purely uh, union-busting. The new company by the name Agenda UEMS uh, supposed to take they were, didn't notify the uh, the former uh, company subcontractor or the union about their taking over in January. So since since July 2019, they went into all the hospitals, 33 hospitals where they have contract in Perak, Penang, and Penang, Kada, and Perlis. So they went in and they uh, each hospital. There are 33 hospitals. They went in each hospital and they, are, they were uh, harassing the workers. We are going to take over. There's no, there won't be a union anymore. If anybody found in union, they won't be taken uh, into our new contract. So this was going on until June, uh, where in Ipo Hospital, one uh, ex-co by the name Rosni was uh, harassed very badly because being an executive committee of the union, she has to uh, move around, uh, collect the subscription and the, meet the workers and update what is, uh, what is happening in the union. So the uh, chief supervisor told her not to go, asked her to stay in, inside a working place. And then she told other supervisors if she goes there during lunchtime, free time, they asked to take photograph and send it. So they created a lot of uh, uh, what they call uh, uh, mental torture. And uh, finally one day, uh, in June, her locker was broken. So that created a lot of, um, uh, what do you call, uh, hesitate, I mean, uh, mind, mental hesitation, mental disturbance. So she told me, call me, Sarah, I cannot work, uh, I feel like committing suicide. So immediately I told her, go to a psychologist, okay, for treatment. 
You don't do anything. Get out and go to a psychiatric, a psychologist treatment. And she went. Then we wrote about this incident from January, uh, from July, the uni, uh, UEMS entering and giving a lot of harassment to the workers. So they didn't bother. They don't want to call us. They don't want to uh, meet, meet us. So that, that after she say, told me that she mentally stressed and then she wanted to commit suicide. So we went, had, uh, went ahead to, to the picket. Uh, during the MCO, we had uh, workers had a protest. Yeah. So purely union busting. And the anti-union company has engaged in some pretty horrendous practices over a long period of time, ever since you've been organising in these hospitals. Um, they've engaged in intimidation, discrimination. You talked a lot about some of the things that they did. Can you tell us about some of their tactics, some of their overall tactics to bust the union in those hospitals? Okay, these hospitals, um, they, they, were, they are government hospitals. The, our members are from the government hospital, but the, the government health ministry has contracted out to a contractor, main contractor by the name Agenda UEMS, uh, no, Agenda MediServe, which is holding the contract from 2015 in these three states. Uh, Para, Penang, Kadapan is four states. Huh? So they, so the moment uh, we enter, we took over this dormant union for, dormant for 20 years. This was formed in 1997. Dormant in 2016, we took over and we went to organize. Since then, a lot of harassment. They know union already coming in. Then they, how they do that? Directly they go, their supervisors, they, they see the worker because they're under the supervision of their supervisors every day. So they say there's no union. You, know, you cannot involve in union. Union is bad. So this is happening since 2016. But 2019, the new company is a GLC company, government link company, took, is about to take over. They never informed the union, never informed the former management subcontractor. So they went in and they're aggressively campaigning. They, what they did, they took over the supervisors under Agenda UMS and they were arresting the workers, their regional manager. They came into all the hospitals. They say, there's no union. Union, once we took, take over, the union automatically uh, will be canceled. And then if anybody in the union, uh, we don't want third party to engage with us. We want to directly involve with our own workers, your, uh, my staff. So this is what how they are. They are going around and their perks. They say if you join the union, if you are in the union, we will not give you all the perks like uh, you know the presents, yearly present they give, and so on. So very direct, very direct. But our industrial relation act very clearly say section four and five. The management cannot intimidate the workers, cannot stop them from joining the union. Very clear. But then the, uh, but the management went on and we made more than 25 uh, complaints to industrial relations department in Putrajaya head, head office. Till today, no action. They have referred the cases to the court. So due to COVID, the cases are going to come in 2021. So 
So almost we, we, we complained in November, but the cases are coming in uh, January 2021, which means there's no uh, case law. There's no, uh, no uh, what do you call, we were a union unable to fight in the court for a victory. So the union busting, they just directly, what they do, they, they harass their workers. And then secondly, they, after the picket, they went to all the hospitals, they come out with uh, what you call that, a person-to-person -person contact. So they had a KK, uh, the card, they were card system. Any issue, the worker can directly communicate. So that HQ in Kel, they, will, they say they will resolve the issue. But then no worker wanted to contact because they have to tell their name, their IC, their working place, and they would put up the complaint. So nobody wanted to, but then they, they, they again and again, they say they cannot, cannot, the workers cannot go to third party, they only have to communicate with them. Hospital cleaners are among some of the most important workers during this COVID pandemic and still amongst the most precarious workers. Are they being provided, even though there is this ongoing union busting matter, um, are they being provided with adequate PPE and other safety protections? Or is this precisely what the union busting efforts are trying to prevent? Yeah, during uh, this COVID pandemic, since uh, March, our government lockdown, uh, completely lockdown in March, uh, March 18. Since then, the union officials were unable to meet up with the workers, okay? We had we, we complained about PPE because the workers from various hospitals complained there's not much uh, PPE protection is given. So we complained, complained. And now they say uh, they, every day they give two masks. If they need more, they can, can ask, which they shouldn't. They must give adequate. Okay? Then uh, we were unable to meet up the workers. So this is the time they're supposed to, uh, to protect the workers and uh, and uh, take them as a part of this uh, uh, you know uh, huge uh, uh, what uh, worker workers force to fight against the covid pandemic but they are oppressing like they are transferring union leaders to one hospital to another hospital and then they were they was they were you know reducing they extending the working hour shift usually shift work is from 7 to 4, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Three second shift will be 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. and third shift will be 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. But here during this pandemic, they are really forcing the workers to work one hour extra. That is 7 to 4, 4 to 11, uh, no, no, 2 to 11, and 10 to 7. So they are extending one hour extra. So which is against the law. And union has complained, but nothing. The union has been calling for dialogue. They say no. You go for recognition claim, but then it's a national union. We have already got the recognition claim, and our CA, we have we have CA first CA, and and also now we send the second CA. We already sent the second CA a collective agreement, but the company completely denies say they are not the party. They don't want to negotiate with the workers with the union. So during this period, our workers are the union membership has dropped very badly, harassment is going on, and the public holiday, 50, they were enjoying for the past 30 years, 15 days public holiday has reduced to 11 days. 
So this is another uh, world pandemic, I would say. So during COVID, workers should be treated well. They have to be protected. The management must protect the workers in, in, the, in the name of benefit, benefits. But then they're taking away the benefits, adding on the stress and fear in them, which is causing a lot of, lots of uh, uneasiness. So which may erupt industrial action. So this is what's happening. Well, you mentioned that there were five people arrested in June. Uh, uh, you were one of them. Uh, so we know that you have been released. But what is the legal status of all five and have all five arrestees been released? I think uh, we, we, we have been charged a thousand uh, ringgit Malaysia. Uh, we were bailed up, okay, each five of, the, five of us, each one, each thousand ringgit. So now, uh, 28 August, uh, case, case management is coming up. Case management. That means the DAG, though uh, a lot of uh, NGOs have stressed for dropping the cases, but not, they are, they are continuing with that. And then 28, 8, uh, 28 August is case management. Then they will fix the hearing date. So the, the police are not dropping the charges at all. Even though there was there is uh, multiple uh, forces, I mean, uh, what do you call uh, pressure. Uh, pressure from all the NGOs, include the Amnesty International and also Suhakam. So they are not uh, bothered about it. Yes. So we are preparing to fight the case. <laughs> but very funny is all five, all there were thirteen of us. We all of us strictly follow SOP. We wear the mask. We were distanced ourselves, we put the cross on the floor and uh, we were having uh, what uh, attendant leaves and we were checking the temperature. So everything was there when the, when the police asked for another four days remand, our lawyers show all the particulars, then the magistrate say no, no, no to remand and they, she immediately released us. But the, the case still pending. Then yesterday we had a meeting with all the NGOs, you know, so they said they will keep on pressure the AG to drop the cases. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. I'm speaking with Saras, the Union Secretary for the Hospital Cleaning Workers at Ipoh District Hospital. She was one of the arrestees in June for staging a peaceful protest against the employer and she picks up the discussion here by discussing the ultimate demands of the hospital cleaning workers. Cleaners is the union is putting up two demands. So one is uh, recognize these workers as frontliners. This is the campaign if they are going to take up. Secondly, absorb them into government because they were former government workers. Only Mahadi's privatization policy in 1996, these sectors were prioritized, and then they have they have given contract uh, contract to concession companies, and they're very, very vulnerable to this contract system, okay? So the two uh, 
uh, two campaign, not one campaign with two, two demand. Recognize the frontliner, uh, the cleaners and frontliners, and secondly, absorb them into uh, government should absorb them back. I want to look Thank at you. the COVID situation in Malaysia more broadly because you talked about the social distancing measures that you and your comrades actually did follow during the protest. You talked about the distancing, the mask wearing, the temperature checking and so on. What Thank is the you. current situation in Malaysia in relation to the spread of COVID, but also the lockdown measures, the pressure on workers, have industries been closed down and so on? Looking at the COVID uh, situation in Malaysia, since March uh, lockdown, um, government did uh, help, the, uh, help the population with, uh, with some uh, package, 1,600, as, uh, as, uh, as to help them, you know, as a source of income. But then, um, but then lot of small, small industries, like uh, small businesses, like shops, restaurants, Hotels are very, very badly affected by this. Till today, they were unable to uh, to pick uh, uh, up the business. And though government has helped them uh, with the with the with the what um, financial help, you know, one of financial help, but still they were unable to come up. And then um, we are seeing the current uh, situation. The uh, more than uh, 200,000 workers are laid off, you know, at this, this moment. And um, it, it, is, it is a very difficult situation. And politically, we are not sure next which government will, you know, take over the government. So it's limbo. So there's the problem of pandemic and also unstable. You know, the government is uh, unstable. So we don't know where, uh, because very important economically, how they are going to help the people. Because there's no clear program uh, how, how to handle the laid off workers or to sub support. The government keep on saying they support financially the, the medium uh, businesses and, and, and the bigger businesses. But then the laid off, laying off is com uh, continuing. I, yesterday I read in the paper in Johor Bahru, State 173,000 workers are, will be laid off by the end of the year. So it is very big and it is, it is worrying. It is worrying. Yeah. How are workers surviving this economic crisis? I mean, commentators are saying that uh, the, the economic situation facing Malaysia and Malaysia's workers is worse than the 1998 Asia crisis, which we know crippled uh, your country. And I, I mean, this is in comparison to the rest of the world where this period is being compared to the Great Depression of 1929. But, you know, with the, with the um, value of the ringgit, how are workers surviving? Yeah, uh, even now, uh, for the past one week, we, are, we have been reading uh, GDP is really, uh, GDP uh, has gone down to 4%. That means the production, the manufacturing is, is an issue already. So um, if the, it is going to be bad, and now you could see uh, workers losing job and housing rent, and then they, they hire purchase, they've uh, uh, bought cars, the houses, 
and and everything uh, uh, even though the government has given moratorium the bank has given uh, the government has given uh, uh, one year moratorium eh? uh, but but without work how are you going to survive after that what is going to happen okay so um, here the, the the economy it is going to be worse than 1998 as the commentator say but if there's no alternate um, alternate economic economic plan where uh, you if you're going to go on a macro level uh, you know you create a macro level businesses it be, it's going to definitely affect the lower income group the b40 so the government should come up with a very uh, uh, in a corporate uh, corporate businesses where it will help the cooperative manner of businesses where it will intact the workers where the workers still have one meal to eat but it's we don't see any clear uh, indication only the support uh, financial support uh, in the name of priyatin i mean uh, helping the people one off but then uh, more more uh, uh, more what do you call more attention is given to the corporate corporate world so this will definitely going to redundant the working class it's going to affect the working class because they are, they are full of the higher purchase debt uh, and then also health, uh, health uh, will be deteriorated and also their um, uh, daily uh, living. Because uh, last month the Bank Negara say if you, uh, the poverty line of Malaysia is RM 2700, but the minimum wage is only 1200. So can you the statistic, the Bank Negara itself saying 2,700 is a poverty line. But then look at our present government is giving 1,002 ringgit. So as it is now, the workers are living in a poverty. And then this COVID pandemic, without the work, without proper uh, support system, we are going to have a very, very uh, uh, deep crisis in 1998, uh, then the 1998. And our political situation at the moment is very worrying. Well, thank you, Sarah, so, so much for your time today and for sharing all of what's happening in your industry and across the working class more broadly in Malaysia. Is there anything you want to add? Yeah, I think uh, union busting, not the union busting, because especially this hospital union has formed in 97, almost 26 years. So we want the international organisation to come out with statement and pressure the government of Malaysia, government of Malaysia, government of today to, to pressure them to, to stop union busting. This, this is what we wanted the, all the union uh, across the uh, board to support us that uh, stop union busting. Secondly, absorb them, uh, recognize these workers as frontliners. And thirdly, absorb them into government because this is blatant. We can see his bonded slavery is going on in the name of contract system. So international unions, international unions, uh, unions and international organizations must support uh, the, the, the union and then uh, give pressure to the government. That was Saras, the union secretary for the hospital cleaning workers for Ipoh District Hospital in Malaysia. And that brings us to the end of today's program of Accent of Women. This week's program was produced in my study at home with the incredible support of 3CR staff. 
I want to extend a very big thank you to them for ensuring that this program is still able to be heard right across the country. Accent of Women receives financial assistance from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. Accent of Women's theme music was written and produced by George Kanjeri. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website, and that's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna, and I look forward to your company again next week.